0: Welcome to The Gospel According to with Ryan and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. So while the prophet Isaiah is in many ways the most beautiful witness in the Old Testament scriptures, he, I think, in many ways is one of the strangest. Hmm. And again, as Bart called the Bible, the strange new world. One of the main aspects of the strangeness of Isaiah is the literary form. Mm -hmm. Um, In communication, we say there's the content side of a message, what is said, and then there is the form, how it's said. How Isaiah expresses his message is very different from how most of us talk. Because Isaiah is going to use a lot of apocalyptic language, but he's Mm -hmm. also going to use a lot of poetry. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, let me just give my open disclaimer about poetry here. I was in my second year at Florida College and I had a class on American Romanticism. And we read Melville and Poe and Hawthorne. And I loved Hawthorne. I still love Hawthorne. Really liked Melville. And when we got to Poe, we started reading a lot of Poe's poetry. And I was just like, put it in sentence form. Are you kidding me? And I, I, I even told this frustration to Dr. Thayer once that is just like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And then finally, we read one of his poems where I was like, oh, that's why you can't just say it in sentence Mm -hmm. form. Now, here's the thesis that Mike and I would like to offer for why the Bible uses so much poetry. While prose engages our hearts through reason, poetry engages our hearts through imagination. So let me say that again, because this is going to be our central thesis. While prose engages our hearts through reason, poetry engages our hearts through imagination. Now, Mike, you helped me to think through and critique the wording on this. Yeah. Explain this to us. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we preach sermons and that's, that's prose, right? You read Paul's letters and that's prose, Um. We're aiming at the heart.
0: For those who don't know real quick, what is prose? Yeah.
1: I mean, like, like I said, like a sermon didactic, you know, letter description, you know, those kinds of things like we,
0: yeah. Very good. Yeah. Essay type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: So, um, you know, in terms of scripture, in terms of letter, in terms of our sermons, we're not just uh, appealing to the mind, even though we are. Right. We ultimately want to storm the will, as a phrase I often used to hear connected with preaching. Right, storm the will. Yeah, many times. Storm the will. Aimed at the, it's aimed at the heart, right? But we do so through, largely through reason. There's a, there's a, there's a reason that's connected to that, a logical argument that's being placed. Maybe some, some emotive stories and things like that as well. But, but it's largely through reason. Poetry, though, is is aimed at the heart as well. But it's doing through so by engaging our imaginations. It's casting this vision using images, doing metaphor, pictures, all these things to to sort of cast a vision, invite us into it, and then as well through this, um, you know, rhythm, uh, sort of musical uh, proclamation, inviting us into this experience. Um, And so again, um, functioning in, in a Profoundly different way than prose. Yeah,
0: one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And you know, again, I, I I know some Christians who are like my eighteen-year-old self. If I don't know why the Bible doesn't just come out and say it's in its form, but everyone loves poetry because everyone loves music. Yeah, yeah. Songs are inherently poetic. Mm-hmm. Songs. It doesn't matter whether you're listening to country or pop. Or you listen jazz. to a lot of country, Ryan. I, I do. I do a lot of time. Um, <laughs> But um,
1: I was seeing I mean, if I couldn't trigger you a little bit there. But go no, ahead. Sorry, no, no, no,
0: I'm going to be a bit more even killed today because I'm okay. I'm like a cucumber today. Yeah. Uh, but uh, cool. Get it? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But um, that's what we need to say. <laughs> I need to stop. Okay. <laughs> but um, but 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 in all seriousness, you know, songs are inherently imaginative yeah, and figurative and filled yeah. with images yeah. and 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 I think that, in many ways, songs and music reach our hearts in a deeper imaginative sense than mere yeah. prose can. yeah, I think most people going down the road don't find motivation as much from listening to. Essays on NPR, as much as they are listening to music, yeah, and that's sure. what Isaiah is welcoming us into. Yeah. Isaiah is going to use the word sing more than any other book of the Bible, yeah. Um, because he is just a musical, poetic, imaginative reader. Now, yeah. let's talk I, about why this is. I was um, gonna give,
1: let, let me give one illustration of please. that as, as well. Th- this is this is one I heard a long time ago that helped me start to appreciate biblical poetry a little bit. It was, it was a teacher talking about the Psalms and, and he was just, and, and poetry in and the Psalms. And he just made the observations. Like I can say, I trust God. God's always there for me. God provides for me. Or I can say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures, right? Both, you know, that's more or less what I was saying in the first example, the Lord provides for me, I trust in him, but you say so much more with that image of a shepherd and sheep um, and say it in a way that engages more of our being than just simply saying, I trust the Lord, the Lord provides, right? Absolutely. So that's that's what we're getting at here with this idea of poetry engaging our heart
0: through imagination. One hundred percent. Now, let's let's talk through why this is. Um, there, there's a great many characteristics of poetry, but probably the two most important characteristics of poetry are images or mm-hmm. figurative language yeah. and rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, again, very simply, images and rhythm yeah. are what distinguish poetry from prose. Yeah. And even the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah, images in that. And there is rhythm in that. Now, let's let's take each of these characteristics and discuss them a bit more and think through them. Um, As for the power of images, um, this is from N.T. Wright's book, The New Testament and the People of God. Um, I just want to read this short quote from Wright about the power of metaphor. Wright says this, Tell someone to do something and you change their life for a day. Tell someone a story and you change their life. Stories in having this effect function as complex metaphors. Metaphor consists in bringing two sets of ideas close together, close enough for a spark to jump. But not too close so that the spark in jumping illuminates for a moment the whole area around changing perceptions as it does. Even so, the subversive story jumps close enough to the story already believed by the hearer for the spark to jump between them, and nothing will ever be quite the same again. Nathan, the prophet, tells David a story about a rich man, a poor man, and a little lamb. David is enraged. Nathan springs the trap. Let's just talk through this then. Um, I have a similar example to the one that you offered. Um, I could say about my wife, I love Jessica. Mm -hmm. That's a factual, true statement. It's true or false. Okay. But I could say Jessica is the light of my life. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jessica could say I'm like a cucumber in a field. (laughs) (laughs) Isaiah has a great many images, right? I
1: have a feeling (laughs) we're going to get a lot of mileage out of that one.
0: It is. It is. It is. It is. is. Um, For those of you not understanding, listen to our previous episode. But, um, you know, whenever I say that Jessica is the light of my life, here I have a metaphor. Not only do you learn something about me and her, Mm -hmm. but you also learn something about our relationship that is very, very different from just a factual, true or false statement. Mm -hmm. I love Jessica. And that's what metaphor does. I think metaphors drive our lives more than almost anything else in this life. Um, And that's what Isaiah is really wanting us to do is Isaiah is re-metaphoring. He is re-imagining. He is reframing our lives Mm -hmm. so that we are no longer taken captive by the metaphors of this fallen world, but we are elevated to imagine this world and the world to come as God has revealed.
1: Yeah. Amen.
0: Yeah. So let's look at Isaiah six as an example for this. Um, We're going to talk through Isaiah six in more detail in our next episode, but just look at Isaiah six and I'm going to read verse 10, Isaiah six, verse 10, make the heart of this people fat, stop up their ears and shut their eyes. Otherwise seeing with their eyes and hearing with their ears then understanding with their hearts, they might repent and be healed. Isaiah here is calling the heart of this people fat. Mm-hmm. It's it's sluggish. And so they need to see and hear with their heart. Mm-hmm. That's a metaphor.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a yeah. metaphor. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus is going to draw from this in Matthew 13 to explain why he preaches in parables. But what Isaiah is calling us to do is to reimagine, to re-see and re-hear the world as God has revealed rather than the fallenness of this present order.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so that's the first characteristic. The second characteristic of poetry is rhythm, is rhythm. Now, we have decided to read from the complete jewish bible and um, the cjb and the cjb gives four beats to every line so for those of you who are a bit more musical essentially they have translated it in 4/4 four, four time um and what rhythm helps us to do is to is to listen into the movement mm-hmm. of of the poetry. W- what I think really is one of the key features of rhythm and of music in general is that there is a movement to this, the, the theologian, Jeremy Begbie has some really good work on this, that, that music is continually inviting us into movement. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to go do, re, mi, fa, sol la, ti. Do. How, right. You know, that's supposed to come after that. Yeah, Because there's a natural movement to what we're doing here. If I were to stop with do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, you're just left wanting, please say do, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and that's what poetry and rhythm is always helping us to do. Um, so whenever you listen to both the individual lines of the poetry, mm-hmm. but also the longer extensive parts of the poetry, like Isaiah 43:55, it's welcoming us into Walking in beat with how God sees this world and Mm -hmm. how God listens to this world. And I don't think it's any surprise then that whenever you notice the eyes and the ears, these are really the two key characteristics of poetry. Mm -hmm. The figurative language is wanting us to reimagine, to re-see the world. The rhythm is wanting us to rehear the world, Mm -hmm. to listen to the world and move with the revelation of God in God's time, in God's meter, rather than how we ourselves live according to it. I have a few more thoughts about this, Mike, but take us forward.
1: No, I'm good. Keep us going.
0: Okay, so let me kind of exemplify this idea of rhythm in Isaiah. A a few weeks ago, Daniel Webb, one, one of my friends here, and I were listening to the entirety of Isaiah 40 through 55. And when we got to Isaiah 54, I literally stopped the recording and said, I don't like this. Because let me show you why Isaiah 53, the suffering servant should be fairly familiar, but just listen to the ending of Isaiah 53. And and I'm going to try to capture some of the rhythm of this. Isaiah 53, 12. Therefore, I will assign him a share with the great. He will divide the spoil with the mighty for having exposed himself to death and being counted among the sinners while actually bearing the sin of many and interceding for the offenders. Sing, barren woman who has never had a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy. You who have been in labor, for the deserted wife will have more children than the woman who is living with her husband, says Adonai. I don't like that. (laughs) <laughs> um whenever I teach classes on speech I teach directional transitions in prose mm. having discussed this let's now talk about this in prose if you're going to go from something really deep and dark to something really high elevated and joyful uh give me a second to transition here i just didn't like this
1: i was just envisioning people listening to this with their headphones on or in their car and they've just cranked the volume up. Cause you're basically whispering. And then you like scream sing and Good. everybody's ears are busted and still ringing.
0: It is, it is right. That's, that's what, that's what I hope Isaiah is doing here yeah. here with your heart here with your heart. Right. But seriously, but that same week, um, currently those could change at some point in the future, but Beethoven's fifth symphony is my just, favorite musical symphony of all time i just, i I've, i could not tell you how many times i've listened to it but I, I noticed at the end of beethoven's third movement he goes down to a very low and then when it gets really low the violins are just barely moving back and forth And then he burst out into movement for bum, 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 bum. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is what Isaiah is doing. And rhythm and poetry and music are able to do that in a much more real sense that prose cannot. Yeah. Because Isaiah 53, we have a low, a very slow temper, tempi, Uh, very uh, Latin tempo. Yeah. We, we have a very yeah. slow tempo. We we are going very slowly. That metronome is mm-hmm. like down to 50. We're really yeah. slow right now. But then whenever you get to chapter 54, that metronome's like 120. You're yeah. high. You're fast. You're moving. You're excited. You're joyful. Mm-hmm. The French horns and the trumpets are blaring, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and what I think that's having us to see is the agonies of the Savior, are slow and agonizing and bringing about the despair of this present age. Mm -hmm. But the quick rhythm of chapter 54 is welcoming us into the joy of that new creation. Right. Poetry is able to realize this in a way that mere prose cannot. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. So great.
0: So why listen to poetry? Well, poetry is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Poetry is beautiful. Um, prose engages our hearts through reason. Poetry engages our hearts through imagination.
1: Yeah.
0: Through the images we re-see the world. Through the rhythm we rehear the world. Yeah. And that's what Isaiah, the beautiful prophet, is giving to our hearts—a revealed imagination of God's revelation.
1: Amen. I love it. Very good.
0: Thanks for listening to the Gospel According To podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe, and click the bell to get notified when we drop a new episode. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns.